From Phil's VTech comes a weekly digital series where he shares his insights, concepts, and findings learned during his 15-year journey of working in the entertainment industry. Each lesson offers you a roadmap to overcome the challenges that all artists face on the path to success. Welcome to Phil's VTech Podcast. Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and it's been a while since I had my, my friend Khalil on as a guest. And I figured this was an apropos time because we're both quarantined and, uh, you know, we've been kind of catching up together, but, uh, but it, it would be nice to connect on a more global scale, if you will, because uh, you've got some exciting news. During this whole quarantine, you came out with a show. Now, you didn't produce the show during quarantine, but it is available to binge during quarantine. So uh, tell us about it, you know. Yeah, so uh, about two years ago, I made uh, a little web series and, um, you know, same same kind of thing. I, I got a crew together, got a group of my friends and said, hey, I got this idea. And so uh, we, we did it, we put it together, and then I just kind of went out to whoever would listen and be like, hey, I got this show, I got this idea, uh, until finally somebody did, and now... Uh, through a couple revisions and a couple format changes, it is now called Blocked, and it is available for viewing uh, on Revolt.tv slash Blocked. That's awesome. Um, and I know, like, I mean, everyone thinks, like, I mean, first off, knowing you, Mm-hmm. This is a this is a process, but it's it's not like you're just sitting on your ass and just pitching this show. You're doing other things, and then yeah. you get this idea that okay, we we essentially sell the show, but it's the typical like entourage thing where it's like you sold the show, but there's still plenty of steps still left, right? Oh man, so many, so many. So uh, yeah, so I can kind of walk you through it. Uh, so we we pitched. Um, maybe June, July, August, somewhere around there. Uh, it gets fuzzy. But yeah, we pitched around there and then kind of didn't hear anything. So I kind of put it in the in the bag with all the other pitches, so to speak. And then one day I get a call and they're like, hey, we really liked your idea. Um, you know, we're, we're going to pick it up. Okay, great. That That's amazing. So, you know, we're celebrating. And then at, at that point, it's kind of like, I, I I don't want to say the real work begins because it's all like a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, you you do. We did that, and then so the next step was like, you know, deals are different. So our deal was, um, our deal was that we would produce the show ourselves. Uh, so then, so the so with that being said, the next step was okay. Well, how are we going to do that? Um, what a what. We had to address the notes that we got from the network and yeah, that too. Like, how are we going to address those notes? How are we going to pull this off? Like, let's come up with an action plan um, and, and get going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helped at all, but. <laughs> no, it did. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely Answer. a process. At, at what point did you allow this to kind of like truly sink in or like was every victory like a mini celebration? Yeah, I think, I think it didn't really, 
I think it didn't really sink in until uh, until I signed. When I like signed the contract and 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 sent it in, um, and I had this uh, legal tender of jargon that says, you know, I'm I'm got my idea on this platform. I think that's when it really like sank in for me. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, that's awesome. Um, no, and so the uh, the series is eight episodes, correct? Or yep, least? eight episodes. Uh, Revolt.tv. We're in quarantine, so we got dogs. Hey, hey. They were just telling you how much they love the series is what that's saying. great. I, that's the kind of reaction I want when, when they, someone hears about it. That's actually exactly what I look for. Loud barking. Good, good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's sexy single shooting their shot essentially. Right. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. It's, uh, well, it's a, it's a group of, it's a, we got a group of comics and they're shooting their shot at, uh, uh, some, some sexy singles that, and, and then those singles then choose who they would block. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a couple different, everybody has their own techniques and approaches like some people try to be funny some people try to be sweet some people try to say the worst possible thing they could think of the best possible thing of is there's really no rules it's whatever you think will get this other person on your side so you don't be chosen as the loser so now that the show's out what has been the reception like like are you able to gauge it beyond just immediate friends and family yeah, uh, so I haven't, it, so it's only tomorrow will be a week, and um, and that's when I'm expecting to get, like, official analysis from the network and stuff like that, but uh, as so as of right now, it's really just been um, friends and family, uh, and, you know, everybody's, like, super excited, super happy, super proud, um, super positive, they think it's really funny. Uh, so yeah, the reception has been great. Yeah. Do you think like, ultimately, like it's a very weird time and, um, you know, who's to say like anything, but do you think it's like, it came out at a good time or like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously it's a very like hypothetical, but. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think it definitely, yeah, I think it came out at a good time because, um, everybody's home. So, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. I can only really speak for myself, but I, I've kind of gone through all of my shows at this point. Like I don't have anything else to binge watch, and so now I'm just watching random things that I would never watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, hopefully my show is one of those for somebody else, and hopefully they enjoy it and share yeah. it with their friends. Yeah, well, you know that that kind of begs a, a question in that regard because, like, obviously, like now in these uncertain times. Um, you know, it, it, like, what were your expectations for this show? Like, was it just to like, just the fact that you sold it, it's on revolt.tv, like, we're good type of thing. Cause like, you know, I look at it now and I, I, you know, if, if you put your stock in all these external things, I imagine you would be losing your hair. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it really, when I was making it, 
it was really just about making it the best thing I could make it and making it and, and making sure I did my part that people could enjoy it. And so um, I feel like I accomplished that. So, so in that regard, yeah, in, in a way it is done because, you know, I, I, I put my best foot forward and I have a product that I'm proud of and, and now I'm just hoping people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congrats on that. Um, I do want to switch gears into something else because, sure. um, you know, we, 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 there's a commonality between you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, one, so one of the aspects being like, you know, we always like to work on new projects and things like that. And so I want to ask you, like when you approach a new project, is it daunting to the same level as before? Or do you have a certain confidence? Like, okay, now, like I've, I've done something before, like I can do this again. Or it's like, cause for me, I'm at a point of like, can I repeat myself? Like, can yeah. I achieve the same level that I did before? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, in a way, it is kind of daunting because it is kind of like, especially if, uh, depending on what you went through to complete said project, you're just kind of like, man, that was tough. I barely made it. I don't know if I can do it again. Um, but uh, there, there's also that just, you know, that, that drive and that excitement to do another thing and to like create and to, to have a, a thing to be like super proud of and to put out into the world. So I think that's what, what I think that emotion overpowers the daunting fears or responsibilities or anxieties of starting a new project. Mm-hmm. So for you, like uh, Spider-Man Two is like now your next like baby that you want to go after, right? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. It was um, with with the quarantine. I, I had a I had a lot of free time on my hands, so so I so I got to writing, um, and so that that is one of the silver linings of this uh, of this pandemic is that it it helped me focus on you know things that I was procrastinating on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now I'm just kind of, kind of, uh, in the early pre-planning stages, like doing little test shoots, um, at home by myself, um, looking at all things that I would need, people, locations, equipment, all, all different, what the, all different kind of things and just seeing, you know, if, could we, could this happen again? Could we, could we do it? And if so, how? Got it. And for clarity for people, if, if you're, you know, new to, to me and Khalil's work, um, we're talking about black Spider-Man. So season one of black Spider-Man where um, it's a parody type of series, web series where, you know, the world discovers Spider-Man is really black and um, it's, it's a kind of cultural commentary among being funny and other things as well so so season one was successful now now potentially a season two yeah it definitely um the the funny i I did get a couple of i I don't know that project just personally for me was like life-changing because although only got maybe a few small things directly from 
that project, it, it opened a lot of other doors um, indirectly because people saw that and, and saw me in a different light and saw my capabilities and were was like, oh, okay, this guy, you know, he can, I can call him for this or this or this and he can get it done. And that was, that was huge. So mm-hmm. I didn't really make anything off of it directly. Uh, it did do a lot for me indirectly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, awesome. Well, wh- what is, what is the writing process like for you? Ultimately? I'm always very curious. Like this, this might be a very <laughs> selfish question, but for me, uh, uh, quarantine, that is the writing process for me. <laughs> I need to, I need to be quarantined. I need, I need everybody else to be quarantined. And then I need to sit and go through all of my shows mm-hmm. and, and then I'm ready to write because there's absolutely nothing else left for me to do. Um, uh, no, man, no, no, no. All jokes aside, I mean, that's kind of part of it, honestly, but all jokes aside, um, um, you, what happens is I'll like either see something or like through conversation or through just daydreaming, get an idea for something. And um, that'll be like the inspiration. And, and then the next thing that happens is curiosity. Like, how do I make sense of this? How do I make it work? How do I flip this into something? And, um, and then it's kind of, then it's kind of trial and error. And it's also, it's also a lot of um, research. So looking at other examples of people who successfully did something similar to what I'm trying to do, uh, there's a lot of that that happens, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's kind of the process. Yeah. No, it's interesting uh, that you kind of say that. I mean, when you say examples, like, is it more of a technical perspective or are you talking about story perspective? Because everything, everything is from the way you tell the story to how you tell the story, like all the information that's necessary for this plot to make sense. Um, tone, look, uh, characters, location, like literally every single aspect. I'm like, oh, well, where would this happen? How would they sound? How would they say it? What is the what is the vibe or the tone of this moment? Like all of that, so I can, because I don't like to, like I can't like write something if I don't mentally see it. And then sometimes, a lot of times, I'll kind of see it as far as and this could be this could be a scene this could be a character this could be the entire scope of the series and kind of seeing it doesn't work for me like i have to really see the whole entire thing cut for cut and then i'm like okay cool 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 now this makes sense this is good i got it figured out and so that's where and and like i said that's where like a lot of research goes into play do you have like a notebook you write all this stuff down in? Like, how do you, or do you just literally just watch all the, all the, on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. It's my phone. And then, um, I got this app. It's connected to the cloud. So if I ever break my phone, I haven't lost my stuff. What's the app? Uh, the thing is called like notes pad or something. I don't know. It's like one of the notes apps. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, 
so then second question as far as that relating to story um you know in order to see it because like I, I was having a conversation with our friend courtney stewart um mm-hmm. and you know i'm doing something similar for a project that i'm working on and she was like well aren't you worried you're just gonna like essentially repeat what they're doing and i was like well for me by seeing them i can avoid the cliches i know like what to not do essentially not for like i'm not you know from a technical standpoint i'm learning what to do but as far as storytelling and hitting the same beats i'm learning of like okay here's the tropes that have been replicated millions of times so let me not go in that direction or if i do subvert it you know so how do you how do you view it that way so you're not mimicking right right and i think i think a lot of people get um caught up in that because you know they're like oh i don't want to copy so and so or so and so but at, at the same time you know there's like you you can't like reinvent the wheel like the wheel is the wheel and we're making wheels you know like it's like a chair like yeah. every person who makes a chair is not copying the last person who makes a chair like we know that a chair is supposed to we know what a chair is supposed to look like but as long as it's as long as it's coming from you and you're doing it, you know, kind of in your own way, in your own light, and stuff like that. And then, then the that is, that is the creative part of it, and that is what makes it special to you, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree. Um, you know, one of the things I like about you, you're you're to me an internal optimist. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. <laughs> Um, and I think, what's that? I said, I get that from time to time. Okay. Um, and you know, I used to fall into the camp too of like, oh, well, Khalil's not literally you, but just in general, right. Using you as an example. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, uh, if he's this happy go lucky guy, like his life must be so damn good. And I don't, I've come to learn like, that's not the case. Like I think happiness is a choice. And what I, uh, what I um, attribute a lot to you, like you have this thing where like you've made a choice to be happy. Whereas like someone like me, I have to read like thousands of self-help books just to like get near that. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, I think you uh, are doing yourself a disservice because I, I think you, uh, you, you're a lot better off than you're, you're putting on. Yes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I do tend to be a little bit self-deprecating, but I want to highlight that about you. Um, Appreciate it. So why don't we talk about like a shared project that, so uh, we were, we both worked on a movie called Idol. I was going to say, I was going to say, if we don't talk about your movie, then. Well, it's then, our movie ultimately. So, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in it for like two frames, but it's really I don't think that's true. Shining light. It's really like I was gonna say, like, if we don't talk about this, this whole interview was 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 not not finished. Fair enough. Well, how is so uh you're in it more than just two frames. So you are you are <laughs> you are like by billing purposes a lead character. Um and uh I mean I don't know, talk to, like it's it's always interesting, like, you know, at this point I'm very much interviewing you but i'm also very much in the process so like i don't know just just why did you choose to get involved what did you see in the project and then kind of like 
you know, from expectation to reality. I chose to get involved because I owe Phil a lot. <laughs> so this was like the least that I still owe him, but you know, maybe I put a dent in my bill with this. I don't know. We'll see. Um, no, no, no. But um, it's also like, there's several reasons. There are several reasons. I mean, for one, it was, it was that the director thought of me to play a role in his first feature his first feature, right? That was his, uh, that was his first feature. Uh, for okay. yeah, as far as like me having directed and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he thought enough of me to, uh, to, to cast me for this role. Um, it's his first feature. Um, I've seen his work before, so I know he's totally capable, totally talented. And, you know, it's just, it, yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, Oh, I definitely want to be, I definitely want to be a part of this. Um, how much of it, so like, how much of it was like, let me just see what the hell is even going to happen. Cause like, I, I can, I, I know from, from certain people, they're like, okay, I want to be part of this project. But then like the stipulations keep getting added of like, Hey, so we're going to make this on no budget. We have no permits and we're going to shoot it in downtown, all pretty much all of downtown LA and it's going to look good. Trust me. Oh, and we don't have a, I was just about to I was literally, that was going to be my next point that I was going to make was that um, I cannot, I cannot praise Phil's VTech enough for the feat that is this future because it is this feature because um, of all the things that you just listed, like no permits, no, no real budget, no, um, no real crew in the traditional filmmaking sense, not to say that people who worked on it weren't real um but um uh just just the bare bones of filmmaking that was this process and then you're thinking okay well yeah it probably looks probably not that good right but then you see it and you're like oh wow like you pulled this off with next to nothing um yeah i that like i don't have the words for how amazing that is yeah so (laughs) yeah um and what about like the script? Cause like the script was rewritten, uh, I mean, many times, but for you, I think you saw like three rewrites ultimately. So I don't know. Can you yeah. even think back to that time? I think, um, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what your question is, but I mean, that all felt like fairly normal to me and like, yeah, you know, like let's, uh, let's do a couple fixes. They were like, as far as, especially with my character, there wasn't really, huge huge changes just um you know a couple story things a couple character things and make sure like everything made sense and stuff was clear so um yeah the so like i said the script was good again from from inception to to execution with the script with the filming with the editing um uh like the again the feat that is this feature given the tools that was used to make it is it's is really i don't know what adjectives to use astonishing amazing mind-blowing holy Uh, fucking cow like i don't know what to say like wow this was like wow you did all of this with next to nothing that's crazy that's really really crazy I pre- I appreciate the kind words, but uh, I don't want it to just be like an ego boost for me. So let me uh, prompt some things for you. 
Um, so I remember like for you, you were very much like, oh, you know, uh, you were like, oh, you know, like just give me a moment to like memorize the lines and whatever. And then like, for some reason, like what I attribute, it's not that you didn't care, but I think um, you had this way about you where you just didn't overthink it. And therefore you actually like, based on the test screenings, people just love your character and your acting because it's just so natural, you know? Um, I don't know. Can you talk about like, I don't know, talk about like your acting method as it may, may be. Um, this, yeah. Uh, this is not going to sound all that intelligent, or, or, but it's really just me trying to make stuff make sense to me. You know, mm-hmm. like, why, why would you say this? Why would you feel this way? Why would you do this thing? Why do you want the thing that you're going after? All of those things. Um, I mean, that's essentially what I think about when, for whatever role, it's like, okay, yeah, what does this mean? And who am I? What does this mean to me? And how do I, how do I plan to go get it? Uh, Yeah. That's, that's essentially the the thought process. Yeah. Is there a particular uh, scene? Because you, unlike with everybody else, you actually got to interact with all of the characters in the movie. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. Do you have like a certain scene that you thoroughly enjoyed? Is there like any particular, obviously work with some people more than others. Is there like, Oh, I wish I got more scenes with this person. Um, I will say one of the things I'm probably most proud of, and this is a scene that I'm not even in, um, was the party scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a lot of that was a lot of fun, and it was also like it was one of those things where I, I kind of went in not knowing exactly how this was going to work, and then got into the groove of it and and started figuring things out as I was going along, and it was like, oh yeah, this is this is going to work now. This is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's an integral scene. And I remember, um, I mean, there's essentially a climax that happens between two characters. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had no involvement in it whatsoever. Not from the uh, (laughs) picking of the shots, not from the directing. Um, And I I believe it was you that did like this wonderful shot um, that just tracks and it it ends up being like a 30, if not 45 second shot. And I was like, ooh, this uh, this is too good. I can't cut on this. Oh, that's great. I'm glad I was useful. <laughs> <laughs> you were more than useful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny also like, uh, so there was the day, I think this was like the second day that we were shooting. Although I should use the word filming instead of shooting 2020. We were filming and you had to get like a hat um, for a later night scene. So you and Anthony Becerra go off. Now, you guys decide that you're hungry. See, I found out about this. You guys decide that you're hungry, so you guys stop off at whatever place you guys stop off at. Come like maybe like 20 minutes late. And we uh, were missing that sound magic. vaguely familiar. We are missing magic hour. Y'all thought like I was just being stringent on time. I was like, no, we have like a window for magic hour. Now talk about miracles. The fact that we made that scene. Um but look-wise, because like at a certain point, once you miss the sun, it's starting to look all kind of janky. 
but um, mm-hmm. it actually came out good. I remember. I, I will. I will not confirm or deny any of the alleged allegations made against me in this Listen, video. Tony already confirmed it. <laughs> I don't even know a Tony. Um, no. Uh, any other fun stuff? I remember. Uh, I remember on that second day, like uh, you and uh, Chloe West, you guys uh, bonded over like uh, uh, Mr. Bubble. Beyonce. Guy. It was Beyonce. It was Beyonce. No, but wait, you guys, the, you, guys the, you guys like recited the entire like Mr. Bubblegum song. That shake that laffy taffy, laffy taffy, laffy taffy. Okay, yeah, I was like, uh, bubblegum. Yeah, laffy taffy. Yes, we did. Yes, yeah. Um, that was memorable. I also remember walking around all of downtown because <laughs> some people uh, don't know their east and their west and their north and their south. Um, and I got a blister on my foot and my, my shoes broke that day, but it was, you know, we got a, we got a nice feature out of it. So it was worth it. I'd do it yeah. all over again. I remember, well, uh, I don't feel bad about that cause I wasn't the one leading <laughs> you. I remember I was on a conference call trying to like pretend, pretend that I was still at my job, quote unquote. And, um, so I couldn't like. And I just like turned to Anthony. I'm like, get us to, uh, get us to the mall. And <laughs> so once again, Tony and, uh, God bless his heart. Uh, you know, he just made us walk around every which way. And it got to the point where then you like only wore your actual shoes for takes or at right. even in takes. You were like, if I, if I, if we're not seeing my shoes, let me not wear them. I remember there was this one shot. Yeah, the lesson. And I and I turned down and there's like Khalil, there's Khalil and flip flops. I'm like, well, I guess we're not using that shot for this. <laughs> but we we got around it. Um, a lot of a lot of happy accidents. A lot of happy accidents. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, what happens when you're doing something positive, man. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and you got to look for it. Out. You know, you got to huh? look for it. You got to have the spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to have people willing to kind of go on that journey. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, how's quarantine lifestyle? Quarantine lifestyle was it was the first week was fun. The first week was fun. I'm not gonna lie, I had a full fridge, I had a full bar. You know, I was just I was just taking time to myself. I was writing, I was watching all of my shows. It was great. Week two, I'm over it. I'm done. <laughs> uh, like I had to go grocery shopping today. It was a very scary experience. They, they were only letting like 10 of us in at a time. People had the mask on, like they were scared to like even look at you. Like, yeah, no, this sucks. This is terrible. Um, how, what's, what's the percentage of soberness to, to drunkenness overall? I, I think I've, I think I've probably drank twice okay. since the whole course. So I'm not like a, I'm not like a big drinker like that. Um, I was really, I like really what happened was um, people online, friends of mine online were were drinking and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should do that. Because to me, drinking means like going out like, oh, we're going to go out. Like, Are you doing the the happy hour thing or just like, you know, like you just saw posts and you're like, oh, I should drink, too. I just saw a post and oh, I should drink, too. It's not that. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. (laughs) Got it. Right on, right on. But then you quickly realize, like, maybe I should be a little bit sober. 
Well, I just, well, here's the thing. If I'm going to drink at home, I at least feel very safe. Like, what's going to happen? I'm home. I'm just going to fall out on my couch. Like, it's okay. Uh, I would hope. The worst, the worst thing that could happen is I would eat all my food because I do get uh, drunken munchies. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's not safe. That's not good. That's not safe for anyone. Um, but yeah, no, I, again, I'm not like a big drinker like that. So I did it like once and had a hangover the next day and was like, yeah, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Right on. Well, um, I don't know. Uh, any sort of, I don't know. Are you hopeful overall? I mean, it seems like you're, you're relatively calm in, in this. Yeah. Storm. Yeah. Well, I I just feel like, I just feel like panicking it's not going to do me anything. And then there's also nothing I can do, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I mean, if you, if you don't add to the panic, that's doing something. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's the only thing I can do and that and stay in the house. So I don't know. I just hope, I just, I'm hoping that, um, you know, I, that well, they're saying like May now. So Jesus. Whew. I'm hoping I mean, I- that, that is my guess, by the way. My guess is like mid-May as like a realistic answer. At least that's what I'm mentally preparing for. So long. It's so long. Um, yeah, so I'm just hoping, hoping we figure it out before then. Um, there is no more, there is no going back to normal. There is no, like we will have to create a new norm. I think hopefully this will open our eyes as a as a global society to being ready for plagues and and pandemics like this are like others that could potentially happen and um and also like just revamping people or careers that we just didn't take seriously before such as grocery workers and mm-hmm. UPS guys and, and stuff like that, like stuff that we just really like just did not. That was like, oh, you're going to bag groceries. OK, whatever. You work at McDonald's. And now you're the only people allowed to work. <laughs> Everybody else is non-essential. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I think that needs to be a serious like a serious change it needs to be made there, too. Well, in, in some sense, do you feel like the longer this goes, the more that change will stick versus like if this thing, you know, were to, I don't know, blow um, over next Honestly, week? Uh, this might, honestly, this might, this might sound very negative, but I think it would have to get worse in order for something different to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset, like people, people really need to kind of really sit with it. And I know a lot of people are like losing their minds right now to varying levels. Yeah. Um, and you know, not that they're not entitled to necessarily, like I get it, you know, we're all, and by the way, I, you and I are in pretty darn good positions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and things like that. But I also know, like, I always like to look at it. Like there's always there's always one move that you can make no matter what. And I was talking with our friend, Daryl Kristen, and you know, he, he tends to like hit the panic button sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense to him, but I was like, listen, worst case scenario, you move in with your mom in Ohio. And he's like, no, I can't. I've worked too hard in LA and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, I, listen, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying like, you know, 
let's LA breaks off and all of a sudden, you know, it's floating down the, 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 um, Pacific ocean. Pacific, yeah. You can always go back to Ohio. You know what I mean? Like there's just, mm-hmm. there's always a solution if you just look for it. And I think, um, when we're faced with problems like this, like I think there's that ability as in this case, like a global community to come together and be like, boom, you know, here's what we're going to do. So right. that's what I choose to believe in. Right. Sorry, Daryl, for uh, sharing your story. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, any other uh, fun things you want to share while you have this captive? Man, I'm I'm just very grateful for the space and the platform and the opportunity to um, share my life, my experiences, my things that I got going on. Um, I think I think you got a great thing going on here. I think you've got quality quarantine content, like just, and it's a great way to like, you know, keep keep producing, keep creating in, in the middle of a pandemic. Like this is great. This is perfect. So yeah, I'm just really appreciative to, to be a part, be a part of it. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, and uh, like for me, truthfully, like it's been like, you know, what do I even put out? And then there's been a couple of times where I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, Not because like, I don't care, but um, you know, sometimes like Mm -hmm. the immediacy of, of having friends and calling friends, I think right now, it's like, that's me practicing what I preach. And so to like, just turn on a camera and like put something up on social media versus being there more directly on a deeper level for the people that are in my life. Um, you know, I, it would it'd feel wrong if I wasn't doing that. So that's why right now I'm putting out some stuff, but not as much as I used to. Something, you know, in the something. trenches of all things. So, but, uh, it's been fun. And, uh, We'll do this again when, when we come up with something else. All right, man. Look forward to it. All right. And um, plug all your stuff. Uh, revolt, revolt.tv yeah. slash so, watch. Revolt.tv slash blocked. Okay, um, blocked. So it has its own URL. Awesome. It has its own URL, baby. We up. We live, baby. Revolt.tv slash blocked. Eight episodes. They're like four minutes. Go and watch them right now. We'll finish this and then go watch it. Absolutely. And uh, for more like just following you. Yeah. Okay. So as far as following me, updates and stuff like that, um, my personal Instagram, Facebooks, Twitters is uh, Khalil Abubu. And then you can also visit our site at campproductions.com. Um camp with a k campproductions.com and then we'll always have whatever the new heat is it'll be up there right on. all right well i appreciate your time and hopefully this was as enjoyable for you as it was for me and oh, man, um, very. Okay. go subscribe i've included all the links that khalil just shared in the description box so for ease of access anyway um i know i'll see you next time but as far as you the listener watcher hope to see you next time as well Bye.